My dad is the king of dad jokes. Bad ones, mind you. His, some of his favorites were things like we'd pull through a drive-thru and they would say, hey, it's $27.10 at the first window. And we'd get to the first window. He says, $27.10. Is it cheaper if I go to the next window? And then followed by that would be us six kids in the van all smashed together in a seven-passenger van. Uh, and we, we made this sound. And that was our way of telling our dad to shut up. It never worked. <laughs> my dad, he loved to tell dad that jokes. Another thing I remember my dad doing a lot is he would often cook for us. Uh, and we had six kids, so a lot of mouths to feed. And uh, one of the things my dad always cooked uh, was this thing called hamburger pie. And hamburger pie was nothing impressive, mind you. It was mixed vegetables, ground meat, tomato sauce, and mashed potatoes covered on top with some cheese baked in the oven. I still shudder thinking about it today. One of the things I remember is he would always make it. He would pull out this huge cylinder, and on the front it said, instant mashed potatoes. And then it would say this phrase, just add water. Just add water. Today, on Father's Day, I want to bring a message to you entitled, just add water. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, just add water. See, I believe that the key to having a life that flourishes is to add water to it often. I believe the key to having a life that really flourishes is to add water to it often. We need to just add water. How do we add water to our life? Your words water your life. Mark 4 tells us that uh, the word of God is like seeds planted. Jesus told this parable, the word of God is like seed being planted. It's scattered everywhere. But he never tells you how to water the seed. We know that the seed is God's word. Well, if the seed is God's word, the question is how do we water God's word? I believe we water God's word with the words that come out of our mouth. Proverbs chapter 10 tells us that the mouth of the righteous is like a fountain of life. It's a fountain. Your words are like water onto the seeds of your life. The words of the righteous are like a fountain of life. Your words water your life. Hebrews, uh, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 5, when Paul is writing and he's saying, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church, and wives submit also to your husbands and have this mutual uh, competition to see how you can outserve one another week in and week out, see how you can outdo each other in your love poured out to each other. He says this, he says, men, you can wash your wife with the water of your words. Why? Because your words are water. Your words water your life, and if you want your life to flourish, you have to use your words wisely. You have to use your words wisely. I, I want to look at Proverbs chapter 12 together this morning. Proverbs chapter 12, we're going to look at three verses kind of in a section of verses. They're not necessarily in uh, right next to each other, but these three verses in Proverbs 12 
will reveal to us quite a bit about how we can live well this summer. How this summer we really can apply some wisdom to our life. How we can flourish in our life. I don't want you to have a life that is struggling all the time. God doesn't want you to have a life that is desolate either. He wants you to have a flourishing, growing, healthy, vibrant life. In fact, Jesus said it this way, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly or max-filled life. He wants to help you to have a life that is full and flourishing and fresh, not dying on the vine, not desolate, not in despair, not full of destruction. No, he wants your life to flourish. And I believe these words in Proverbs are going to help us unlock some things as to how we can use our words to water our life. Proverbs 12, starting in verse 14. Let me read this to you. From the fruit of their lips, everybody say lips. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things. People are filled with good things. And the work of their hands, everybody say my hands. The work of your hands brings the reward. It brings the reward. I want to pause right here and I want to make a real quick point. And the point is simply this. If you're taking notes, you might want to jot it down. Your family will be moved by what you model. Dads, your family will be moved by what you model. Why? Because it's the work of your hands. It's what they see you doing that really does make a huge impact. Moms, it's the things that your kids see you model every day that really do motivate them. Why? Because your family will be moved by what you model in front of them. Proverbs 22 tells us to train a child in the way they should go. Doesn't mean they will go. It just means they should go that way. Right? Train them in the way that they should go. Then when they're older, man, they're not going to part from that. They're not going to depart from that. I think we've reduced training to just talking. Training is more than just teaching your kids and giving them instruction. Training involves modeling it. My, my daughter just took her first golf lessons this week, and uh, we've been looking for an activity that we really felt like she could thrive in, and so we wanted to give, she has a little bit of natural ability there, and so we were like, hey, let's try golf, and so we signed up for her age group to have uh, lessons there at our course here in Fort Scott, and uh, she showed up, and, and the other kids that were supposed to be there uh, this last week, they were on vacation and gone, so my, my daughter essentially got a private lesson this week. Come on, how many of you know favor ain't fair, Right? <laughs> Come on, first lesson, she was intimidated. The best thing in the world was for her to just get some one-on-one time because she thrives in that environment. And I got to stick around, and, and uh, I took feverish notes as he was giving her lessons so that it's like a two-for-one, don't tell anybody. <laughs> like, oh, that's how you hold it. Yeah, that makes sense. And she, uh, as he, he was walking her through step-by-step step what she needed to do. He didn't just tell her how to hold the club. He showed her how to hold the club. He modeled what you do. He didn't just tell her to, to start with her wrist. He showed her. And when he, he showed her in a mirror image of what she was supposed to do, it started to click for her. Why? Because it wasn't just talking that did it. It was modeling that helped it stick. It was modeling that helped it stick. And then he took it a step further. Not only did he tell her about it, not only did he do it for her to see, he did it with her to train her how to 
swing the golf club appropriately in the way she should go so that when she makes a swing on her own, her golf ball will not depart from the flight to which it was intended. That was the Matthew's golf version of Proverbs, right? And so he would grab her hands and, and help swing it with her, help her swing the club together so she got an idea of how it felt. Moms and dads, if your children aren't staying on the path, maybe it's time to stop talking a little bit and to start living what you're telling them to live. And not only live it in front of them, live it with them together. Show them, teach them not only, don't only yell at them for not doing the dishes correctly, do the dishes with them correctly. And then see them do the dishes the way you would have them do it. This worked really well for my mom. She told me I needed to clean the toilets in our house. So I did. It wasn't any good. So she came back behind, cleaned it with me one time, and then the next time I cleaned it all by myself. And she came along and with her words affirmed what I did. I no longer cry when I have to clean. Okay, that's not true. I do cry sometimes when I have to clean the toilets, but it's not nearly as often as it was when I was a little little kid. Why? Because it's the work of our hands that brings a reward, moms and dads. It's the work of your hands, young people, that will bring the reward in your life. You can't just say you live one way. You've got to actually live that way. God rewards our, our obedience. If you're taking notes, you might want to, to jot this down. Your family will remember what you say, sir, but they will repeat what you do. Your family will remember what you say, guys, but they will actually repeat what you do. They will repeat your life. If you tell them the Bible's important, but they never see you open your Bible, all they'll remember is that you one time told them that the Bible was important. They won't know how to open their Bible. They won't know how to read it. They won't know how to learn those things. You want them to know how to, you want your daughters to know what it looks like to not go for a loser guy. And you want to know that they're going to pick a good guy and not a loser. Uh, you, want to, you want them to know how to do that. You don't just tell them not to pick a loser. You don't be a loser in front of their mom. And you show them what it looks like to open a door. You show them what it looks like to speak kindly and give compliments. You show them what it looks like to give a hug. You show them what it looks like to be affectionate. You show them the appropriate ways in which to love somebody else so that when they go looking for what they need, they've already seen what they need. That was not near enough amens, and I'm just getting started. It's the work of your hands that will produce the reward. It really is. Your family will be moved by what you model. But that's not all that the Proverbs says in Proverbs 12. It started with the fruit of their lips, and then it went to the work of their hands. And then verse 18 goes on to say, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Anxiety weighs down the heart. Man, having a rough day just weighs heavy on your heart. But a kind word cheers it up. Have you ever been there where you're having a bad day, having it down a little bit, and kind of life is getting to you, but then somebody does something to cheer you up, and man, it's just what you needed. It was just the funny cat video that you needed to see that just brightened your day. Right? It just did something in you. Somebody told you a joke. You, you saw something. Somebody said something kind to you. And it brightened your day. Why? Because your words matter. 
I want you to notice something, that it does say that it is the work of your hands that produces a reward. But three of the four things that we're instructed to do in this scripture in order to flourish in our life have to do with our words. Did you notice that? Three of the four. In other words, it's not just about working hard and doing stuff. It's about how you talk, too. Why? Because your words water the seeds of your life. Your words matter. Your words are what waters your life. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this thought down. Your family will be shaped by the words you speak. Your family will be shaped by the words that you speak. That's for moms and dads. If you're not married and you don't have a family, let me say it a little bit differently. Your life will be shaped by the words that you speak. Your life will be shaped by the words that you speak. Are the words that come out of your mouth positive or are they negative? Are they building people up or are they tearing somebody down? See, your words will unlock your spouse, men, or, it will, or they will close them off entirely. Your words will wash your spouse. Your words are what adorns them with jewels. We unlock or we close them off by our words. We invite them in or we push them further away with our words. We build people up or we destroy them with our words. Those are all examples found in Scripture of what the benefit is to you using your words well. Words spoken correctly, words in the right time, Words that are life-giving, words that water the goodness of God and the potential of God in somebody else's life help a life to flourish in its full capacity. Your family, your life is shaped by the words that you speak. We're talking about words are like water, right? Watering our life like a fountain, like a river, your words are. Have you ever seen rocks in the bed of a river? And pick them up and wonder, man, how in the world did this rock get so incredibly smooth? You want to know how? That rock constantly had water rushing over it in, in, in delusioning it and, and chipping away at all the rough things. And time over time of the water washing over that rock, it smooths it out. Some of you, you would have to define your life as a little rocky right now. If you want that rockiness to smooth out, you want to know how you smooth out the rockiness in your life? I'm here to tell you, if you start speaking words of life, if you start speaking God's word, if you start aligning yourself with the life-giving message of who Jesus is, and you start speaking positively, and speaking words of life and speaking encouragement and speaking joy, those rocky places begin to get more smooth. Why? Because your words are like water. Your words water your life, your family, your life. It will be shaped by the things that you speak. It'll be shaped by the things that you speak. Proverbs 15 and verse 1 says this, a gentle answer, a gentle response, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle response, a gentle answer, a soft word 
helps keep strife away. You want to you wanna fight less with the people in your life? Start using some gentle responses. I've noticed in uh, my kids' life, when I need them to do something, if I can say it in a soft and kind way, they respond in a much sweeter way. But if I go in with my full macho, I'm the dad, I got a belt to prove it, words, and I'm firm, and I'm strong, and I'm loud. Children, right? I, I don't talk that way. We'd be aware. Children, stand in a Gastonly posture. I don't know where this comes from. Y'all help me. Pray for me. When, when I speak softly to my kids, they respond correctly. But when I speak a little harsh, you know where it's got a little bit of a tinge to it? Like it's a little zap. Not a big zap, but like a bug zap. Like, like it shocks them a little bit. And if I speak in a way that kind of cuts at them, if I speak in a way that, man, I'm just trying to raise my volume, hoping that volume means it's effective and it never is. Man, they close off, they get more defensive, they get less responsive. Why? Because my attempt to be authoritative and firm and let them know who's boss, all it does is create in them more angst. Why? Because a gentle answer turns away wrath. But harsh words just stirs up more anger. Harsh words just stir up more anger. Strife is like a wildfire. All it takes is a little hot air that you blow, and it goes crazy, uncontainable. I wonder if maybe our homes would be less strife-filled if we would speak words that were a little softer and a little kinder and a little more uplifting, doesn't mean we don't speak the truth. Doesn't mean we don't bring correction. Doesn't mean we don't give direction. Absolutely, we need to do all those things, moms and dads. Doesn't mean that we don't speak to other people in a, in a clear manner, in a clear way. Doesn't mean that we don't talk in, in a way that other people can understand. But it, what it doesn't mean is that we don't add a little attitude behind it. We don't add a little cut, gotcha, Respond now behind our words. And if I wonder if maybe if we could add a little bit of sweet water to our words, if maybe it would squelch some of that wildfire strife that we deeply want to avoid. Why? Because your words are like water. If you will speak life, it will shape it in the way that it needs to go. And as it goes, it won't depart. Why? Because your words water your life. Your words water your life. Men, I'm going to talk to you for just a second. The weight that you carry in your life is real. It's real. Your shoulders are strong for a reason so that you can carry the weight of life that you feel. The worry and the stress and the demands in your life, I know that they're high. 
the expectations, the pressure, the unspoken things, and the spoken things, it's high and you're fully aware of it. You might not know how to respond and you might sit silently trying to process it all, but I know it's there and I know it's high. The pressure within you is more than you let others know about. Men, I believe you are to be honored and celebrated, not tolerated. Today is a day, men, I want you to know that I celebrate you and I honor you for the role and the position and the posture and the life that you are leaving, leading. And today I want to speak life into you. Today I want to help you not stress in your life, but I want to teach you how to speak life over your life. Why? Because when you can start speaking life over your life and over your wife and over your family and over your finances and over your job and over your extracurricular activities and over your property and over your vehicles and over every component of your life, if you will speak life over it, it will wash it smooth and it will begin to flourish in your life. Today, on your way out, men, we have this stress ball for you. Why? Because we know, yeah, it can be stressful sometimes. And on this stress ball is not only our logo, but it has the first part of Proverbs 15 and verse 1, and it says, a gentle answer deflects anger. And for all of the men that are in this room, you'll be able to pick one of these up on your way out. We'll give them to you. And so when the stress of life just kind of gets too much and you know you need to grit your teeth because if you don't grit your teeth, you're going to say some things. And you can just sit here and squeeze this little ball and remind yourself of what God's word says. A gentle answer will deflect this anger that I feel. Right? And you can just talk to yourself around the life that God has for you. And I want this to be a reminder not to stress but to speak life instead. Speak life instead. Find a scripture in God's word that deals with the thing that you're facing and start speaking life. Start speaking positively. Start speaking kindly. Don't speak harsh. Don't speak down. Don't speak ridicule or criticism or, or even in a joking way to your kids to make them feel like they aren't worth it anymore. And if when you were like them and you were their age, you didn't do it that way and you didn't sit in front of the TV and you all the condescend. No, no. Find a way to speak life into their Life. Why? Because if you will speak life, they will begin to flourish. And if you will speak life and you will learn to speak words that are kind and soft and gentle, it will divert the wrath and the anger and the strife and the things that we so deeply desire not to be in our life. It's true, men. We are competitive. But we really don't like conflict all that much. I've never met a man that wakes up in the day and says, man, I hope I get in a lot of fights with my family today. No. In fact, oftentimes when conflict arises, you know where we go? To our cave. Inwardly, we go to our cave. Ladies, you want to know how to get your man out of the cave? If he's been silent for a long time, he's been quiet, it's good that he goes into that cave. Because, men, we go into this cave and we begin to process internally. We try and figure some things out. And we internalize and we inwardly process. That's a healthy thing. But if we stay in the cave too long, we'll get lost. 
We'll, if we stay in the cave too long, we'll get lost. And it's the words of honor from our spouse and from our family. It's the words that speak life over them and to them and that breathe into them and encourage them and motivate them and love on them. And a little bit of honey on our lips does something. And it helps bring your man back out of his cave. Honor is your man's biggest need. The way we honor often is with our words. Speak life and stress less. If you want to win at life, use your words wisely. Now, I want to invite uh, three gentlemen to join me on the stage. Rick Wynn, David Bierbauer, and Gary Palmer. Would you give them a hand as they come on up here? I'm going to move this out of the way. Come on up, gentlemen. Grab a stool. And uh, there should be a microphone here for you, Rick. There you go, Gary. And I think they're already on. Are they already on? Yep. Ooh, Rick. Probably see it's on. I hear it. And uh, today, uh, just, just in the next couple minutes, we're, we're not going to take real, real long, but wanted to ask these guys some questions so you kind of get to, one, to know them up front. So we'll have some fun questions that we ask at the beginning, but then I uh, got a couple questions that are a little bit more substantive uh, as it relates to being a dad, being a father, and uh, I wanted them to be able to speak words of life and wisdom uh, and hear from another perspective of other fathers today, and so guys, thanks so much for being up here. You guys coordinated your colors pretty well. Uh, <laughs> Gary didn't pray enough this morning. Uh, so first, let me, let me do this. If you would, we'll start with you, David, and kind of work, work down. Uh, introduce yourself, uh, your, your, kind of your family, not like literally make them stand or anything, but just like tell us who you're married to, tell us your kids, and how long you've been married. Okay, I'm David Bierbauer. Um, been married to my lovely life, uh, wife, Donna Jo, for, uh, what is this, 2018, 18 years. <laughs> we got married in 2000, so whatever year it is, I know how long we've been married. Uh, we also got married on tax day, so I also know when my anniversary is, so got them two covered. Uh, between us, we have eight children, all daughters, and the count is going, because we got one on the way, right about 15 grandchildren right now. Awesome. Um, That's great. That's great. Thank you. Gary, uh, same thing. Tell, tell us who you're married to, how long you've been married, if uh, that number comes readily, uh, and then uh, your, your kids. Tell us about them. So, so my story is completely separate from you. We, my wife and I got married uh, eight years ago on 12-19-09, and neither one of us can remember our, our anniversary date. So <laughs> I get out of the doghouse on that one pretty easy. So, um, But anyway, uh, so my wife is Kyleen, and I have four daughters, and uh, been married eight years, and I feel very blessed to be married and, and married into a family as well. Love it. That's awesome. Rick? Rick Wynn. Mm, let me use that. Rick Wynn, my Thanks. wife, Mary. Thanks. Four kids, three girls and a boy. Been married 42 years, I think. How many grandkids? Seven. Seven grandkids. Come on. That's awesome. That's great. All right. So we're going to kind of do this quick. Quick first response on this, uh, just so you kind of get to know them a little bit. Uh, fishing or hunting? Fishing. Hunting. Both. Uh, <laughs> pizza or steak? Steak. Steak. Where's the beef? 
That's right. <laughs> I, I knew what Rick's answer was going to be. Uh, all right, ice cream or cookies? Yes. <laughs> both. Ah. Same time. Yep. <laughs> Homemade both. Homemade both, see? We are overachievers up here, in case you were wondering. <laughs> all right, uh, favorite dad joke? Uh, <laughs> Rick doesn't uh, tell jokes. <laughs> the uh, talking dog joke. <laughs> it's, 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 it's long. Okay, but. well, yeah, then we, we don't have time for it. <laughs> Google talking dog joke, everybody. Gary? I don't really have a dry one, but the one my kids would probably repeat is I tell them that boys are stupid till they're 30. <laughs> yes. That's a great dadism. I like it. Uh, so let me ask you this. Why do you think through Scripture God refers to himself and reveals himself as a father? Uh, I think it's a guide. You know, it, uh, Jesus, you know, when he was telling the disciples how to pray, you know, that's, that was when he used the term our father. And I, so I think, you know, as far as, and then like Proverbs 27 says, you know, the, a righteous man will walk in his integrity and his children will be blessed. So there's the guide right there. You know, integrity is doing things when nobody else, doing the right thing when nobody else is around. And so I think if you, you know, get up every morning and, and you try to, you know, speak to the Lord and plan your day accordingly and then not let the world hit you in the face. And you're into the day, yeah. you can look in the mirror and say, I did it. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Gary? I think it has a lot to do with lineage. I mean, the Bible, a lot of the Old Testament talks about lineage, and the, and the practicum behind that is we are a product of our father's testimonies. And so I think it's important that, you know, we can drop our worldly lineage and a, adopt the lineage of Christ. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. No matter what we might be faced with in our past, yeah. but, when, but by God the Father, then we have a perfect lineage. And a perfect example that is um, not sparked so much by emotion, but by truth and reality. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Rick, anything you want to add to that? I just needed an authority figure mm. in my life. Not that women aren't authoritative. Yep. Authoritative. Right, right. Because I've heard women say, I brought you in, I can take you out. And they're right. <laughs> but I needed an authority figure, and that's what I see the father as. That's great. That's great. I think it's so good that no matter what earthly father looked like for you, it's redeemed in a heavenly father. It's a, we, we are adopted into this family of God. And I love that aspect of fatherhood. Um, I'm going to get, uh, rather than asking all of these guys the same question, I'm going to kind of spread it out and give them each a little bit different question. So, David, let me ask you this. Uh, what is one of your favorite things about being a dad? Uh, watching my kids uh, achieve their goals, um, you know, with eight of them, they they all have taken different paths. Some of them are doing the same career, but their paths are different, and the way they got there is different. And watching them overcome their obstacles is uh, is really joyful for me to be part of. Man, that's so awesome! Absolutely, I I, I would I would agree. That's so great to to see. Um, Rick, let me ask you this question: What is one thing you learned from your dad? Commitment. Uh, no matter what the task, if it's there and you commit and you say you're going to do it, you're committed to it. Just like Dad committed to this church. I remember he and I, because 
we were committed to the church, we would be at midnight fixing broken pipes. We would be building platforms. I mean, just you work all day and you go down and you do what needs to be done because it doesn't matter how long it takes, you've committed to it, you do it. And that's what I've learned from him is you start it, you finish it. That's so good. I want to take just a minute um, and honor somebody who is a father in this house, whether you realize it or not. You are sitting in a place because of this man's commitment. Now, I didn't tell Rick what to say, but I had a feeling what he would say. And I knew Don Wynn would be in this house. Don and his wife, Lois, were some of the charter members that started this church back in the early 80s. Can we tell Don Wynn how much we love him and honor him and thank him? Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That commitment has produced much fruit, and that's you and I, and the generations yet to come. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's so good. Thanks for doing what I knew you would, Rick. Set it up well. <laughs> Gary, let me ask you this. What's one thing that you learned from your dad? Um, without a doubt, hard work, um, entrepreneurialism, uh, willing to take risks, uh, and just being absolutely tireless. That's great. That's great. You saw that modeled in a lot of different ways, just in his endeavors and some of the things that he did. Yeah, that's, 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 that's really, really great. Um, I, I want to ask kind of all of you this, this question. What are some things that you've done to help model and point your family to be God first? What are some of the things that you've done practically that have helped your family be pointed kind of God first? I think when it when it comes with with me, it, it Donna and I, you know, went through some real struggles over our house, and when we finally let go of, of trying to solve the problems ourselves and allowing God to step in and, and, and lead us, I think that that showed the kids, you know, and and you know, every one of our get-togethers, there's like 20 of us, and we gather in a circle right before we we take our meal and then we we pray. And now we got our young, our young grandson, Joe. He's the one that we say will start us off, and then we go into it. That's Great. Rick, Gary, somebody? Well, so <laughs> I live with all women. <clears throat> Pray for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, my house, so my house runs a lot on emotion. And so my kids and, and you know, it's, it's like this, literally, it's like this. And uh, we have dinner together and we pray and, and I try to be the best example I can be. But my kids if, would probably say this about me is dad's like this. And, you know, at first I took offense to that, but I kind of think maybe the stability is, is really what they're seeking and what they're looking for and um, they, they seem to really like the fact that I'm kind of just straight. Uh, I try to be fun with them, but uh, the emotions swing big. But I think the answer to the question is predominantly having a Christ-like response as a, as a man, even when you don't want to. Yeah, that's so good. That's so Because this is what we talked a lot today, you know. If, we can, if, if our response can be words of life and soft it does something. It, it keeps everybody open rather than close us off. And so our responses are, are, are big time in that. I, I would agree. That's awesome. Rick? 
I think the one thing that uh, for me, what I wrote down was make him your passion. Make the Lord your passion. I mean, because that's what you live, eat, sleep, and breathe. And they see that you love your father. And you want to do everything you can do to please him. Everything else will take care of itself. If you put the Lord first and you make him your passion, they will follow. So good modeling. Modeling it. That's so good. Last question is this. Um, If there was one thing you would share with dads, whether they be dads uh, at whatever stage, one thing that you would want to leave with dads. I know the question I originally penned was, uh, dads, uh, especially with kids like middle school and under, but because um, most of you are, are beyond that season of life, Gary's kind of right in the middle and a little beyond that. But uh, I want to broaden that out. I really felt today to broaden that out. Anything, whether it be echoing something that we said today in, in, in the sermon or just a, a piece of encouragement, speak life to s- some men today. Uh, what, what would you say, Dave? Um, you know, I, when we were going over this, I, that was one that I was pondering the most. And it came to me Thursday night. Uh, give your children their time, their time. We were at the ball games, and I saw two different examples. One parent, his kid struck out, comes to the dugout, the kid's crying. You know, his dad comes from the bleachers to the dugout, takes his helmet off, sits with him, consoles him, tells him everything's going to be all right. And then I watched another dad that was up on his phone, out in the, the roadway, never watched hardly any of the game, and when his son got thrown out at first base, his son comes to his mom. Now, you know, mothers have a real important role in this. And, but fathers, you know, if you don't give the kids their time, then when they get older, they're not going to give you their time. So, so good. Come on. That's so good. Well, I Here. just want to you just drop the mic. I that know. Was... <laughs> I was sitting there. He was telling that story, and I was like, Lord, was I on my phone while my son was batting? Because they played again. I was getting worried. <laughs> uh, Gary, go ahead. Yeah, I, I respect that a lot. That's awesome. So um, if I would give advice... I've learned a lot being the father of all daughters, and I don't really know how I would be the father to a son. Um, You know, my career has made me learn, even before I was married, to really pay attention to the nuances of a person. Uh, And so God's given me the ability to not only see but identify so that I can connect with people, and I'm so glad that that was orchestrated by God because if it had not been the case, I could not be the father that my daughters need me to be. And so, you know, if you're the father of daughters, they're going to swing, but they're looking for that stability from you. And, and the swings, I don't think, are necessarily bad as long as you can keep them um, on track with what God has intended for their life. And then I would say don't get in the way as a, as a dad, you know, like, I mean, encourage them, especially if you have daughters. They, oh, my gosh, they deal with so much. I can't even imagine being my daughter's age in school with all of the things that, that they have to endure. Uh, and I, I just want to be an, a, a source of encouragement, and I get my encouragement from God so that I can be that encouragement to them. Now, on a practical note, I would say in uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty five, it says, gray hair is a uh, blessing. 
and uh, I'm start, mine's starting to come in. It also says that, uh, that uh, perseverance builds character and character builds wisdom. So uh, the wise become gray and it should be a blessing. That's right. But you don't get gray and you don't get wisdom without stretching and being hurt and you know, yeah. those kinds of things that really feel terrible in the moment and those big swings that happen in my life that I see and I witness at home. You know, in the moment, it stinks. But it's yeah. it's perseverance and it's wisdom and it's and it's all good. So good, good, good. Thank you, Rick. You can read mine, but it's pretty much what you said. Hmm? Yep. <laughs> your kids watch you, so lead by example with consistency. They listen to every word that comes out of your mouth, so make sure you have a pure heart before God. Your kids live to please you just as your life should be toward your Heavenly Father. So good. Come on. Can we thank these men for their words of wisdom? Thanks, guys, so much for your time. I want to invite everybody. Would you stand? We're going to close out our time together, and we're going to pray. And uh, we're going to pray for the men. Uh, before, before we pray, I want just eyes on me for a minute, would you? Um, men, all of today, I hope, has been life-giving for you. But I want you to hear these words. I feel like the Holy Spirit dropped this in me, and this was all today was to tell you this one thing. Stop stressing about your life and start speaking life over it. Stop stressing about life. There's a lot of valuable things, and there's a lot to it. Stop stressing over it and start speaking life over it. Start speaking life over your wife, over your marriage, over your finances, over your kids. Stop stressing and start speaking life over it. Here's the challenge. I want you to stop reacting to life with your words and start wadding your life with your words. Stop reacting harshly. Because a gentle answer diverts the wrath. It's like playing ping pong. The ball comes over the net, and strife and wrath and frustration are right around the corner, and your soft response just returns it, and it doesn't land. Just return it. Just return it. If you find yourself in a moment where it's getting too much, pause get alone with God and let him speak life over you. Let your father speak life over you. And then get back in there and you speak that same life. Stay close to your heavenly father and you'll stay close to life. Because where we abide is where we draw our life from. Stop stressing. There's a lot to stress about. Trust me. I get it. But let's start speaking life instead of stress. Amen? If you would, bow your heads, close your eyes, and if there's a a man around you, would you place a hand on their shoulder, whether you know them or not, whether you're related to them or not, young, old, teenage, married, unmarried, if there's a man around you, would you just lay a hand over them? 
and I'm gonna speak this blessing over them and I want you to attach your faith to it and speak life over them today. Father, in Jesus' name, I speak life into every man in this room. Lord, I thank you that today we are drawing closer to you, our Heavenly Father, and as a result, we're seeing life formed in us. God, may we be washed by your word and in turn, wash and water and and water our lives with our words. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, O God, our Redeemer. And may we stop stressing and start flourishing as we speak life. I declare right now that every household is blessed. I declare right now that every household prospers. I declare that right now every household is a household of peace. Every household is healed and whole. Every household is transformed by the word of God. Every marriage is strong. Every relationship with wayward children is restored. And I declare right now that we would flourish in you, Jesus, as we speak life and speak words of life over each and every component of our lives. We thank you for it, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. And we say you get the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.